The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Sarah Eisen with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David's on assignment. Carl has the morning off. Taking a look at futures. The post-Powell celebration continues. Dow futures up 220. S&P futures up 38. We are seeing buying across the board. NASDAQ also getting a bit about 200 points, continuing yesterday's afternoon rally. It's actually the fourth consecutive day of gains on the back of lower Treasury yields. Our roadmap starts with the Fed one day after its rate decision. We're going to break down Wall Street reaction to Chair Powell's comments. On the earnings front, Starbucks among this morning's top gainers. Demand for higher-priced beverages helping to fuel better-than-expected results. You also have anti-obesity drugs driving quarterly profits at Lilly and Novo Nordisk. But there's much more to that story. We will fill you in on this very busy day of earnings. We're going to begin, though, with the aftermath of yesterday's Fed decision. Yields moving lower this morning. Dow and S&P each aiming for a fourth straight day of gains. As I mentioned, Nasdaq going for five, Jim. The market heard what it wanted to hear, which is that they think the Fed's done. Uh, A lot of shorts have to cover. I felt a combination of uh, what Powell said, which was basically going our way, there was one moment, of course, we said, listen, we didn't talk about cutting, but that plus the under-recognized quarterly refunding statement, which was supposed to be business as usual, that was anything won by now my new hero, uh, Assistant Secretary for Financial Markets, Josh Frost, made me probably pass this guy a hundred times going to Wendy's or the Dunkin' Donuts to the Fed. But uh, the fact that there's mostly uh, 10-year and three-year makes it so that there's could be equilibrium on the 30. And that, plus what Powell said, really does create a momentary, uh, let's say, squeeze. Because maybe there won't be enough 30-year paper, and maybe there are not enough stocks in the S&P 500 for sale right now. Well, I think Including what it, Magnificent Seven. True. I think what it showed us is that the Fed and the Treasury are both paying attention to what's happened in long-term rates. I think they're watching. The, I think they're watching our shows and recognizing that the tone-deaf nature of Treasury no longer cuts it. I think that the attack, look, people react to attacks. They'd like to not. They'd like to all be just a- Are you talking about Druckenmiller? Well, I think that Druckenmiller's not alone. I mean, the idea that you shouldn't pay attention to what the market says is something that uh, Secretary Yellen probably didn't want to be known as. Look, Secretary Mnuchin, Secretary uh, uh, Geithner told me multiple times that my strategy of going long would cost the Treasury a great deal of money. And they, you know, Geithner never traded, and, and Mnuchin, I know it, I worked for his dad, I, I think he was just poorly served by his uh, own thinking. You're saying that everybody did, no one took advantage of the low rates no. to issue well, long-term you know what? debt. I mean, Gary Cohen, who you know quite well, yeah. I said to him, why don't you do a 50-year? It got a little laugh, kind of like, like got a laugh on the uh, they know nothing. You know, maybe I am a legendary Wall Street funny man. It would have been a good move, certainly now, that they're yeah, going to have to issue a what lot of debt. At much higher rates, right. and that's going to cost. But to your point, I think that announcement yesterday 
lower than expected, certainly on the issuance at the long end. On top of a weak ISM, I should note, yes. which is really changing GDP expectations for the Absolutely. fourth quarter and bringing them down. The market's cheering softer economic data, as long yeah. as we're not like barreling into a recession. And then Powell say, switching his message a little bit, saying the risks are more balanced in terms of over-tightening or under-tightening. Did you detect the kind of picture smile that maybe he's getting it right? I think he. I think he felt yeah. good and when he, he said talked unit about labor inflation. Costs, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over. No. The unit labor costs up, you know, minus 0.8. It's going his way. Now, obviously, tomorrow, Jobs we, day. we have Apple tonight, and we have unemployment tomorrow. These are two such big looming items that they are the two. Go- they're the goalposts. So we don't want to move them after tonight and tomorrow. But anybody who's short this market, anyone who's adopting morose. Mike Wilson's view, I, it, he doesn't comment, I think, on Thursdays, is, is going to be <laughs> uh, it's going to be caught trying to figure out what happened to their year because the shorts had their way until this week. Well, part of it is earnings, and earnings have been a little bit bumpy, but mostly okay, and it feels like CEOs are attuned to the macroeconomic risk, and they're right. feeling a little more cautious, but they're not talking about recession. And no. there's some really good stories out there, like Starbucks. Of course. Now, you take, yes, I'm, I'm seeing them t- today, and I have them on tonight. And it was an excellent story. And U.S. domestic was fantastic. Uh, you watch football. I know you watch the... Um, <laughs> the Bengals you, only. Well, that's okay. Um, but there is, the refs are particularly bad this year. Weekend. And a lot of times what happens this year, they're really terrible. And there, there's a lot of them upon further review. Upon further review, Meta was good because ads came back according to Pinterest. Upon further review, Google was good because YouTube turned out to be very strong. Upon further review, Amazon at 117 was a major miss because they delivered the number. So you have these upon further reviews, and they're very strong. And the initial reaction seems to be almost dictated by the bears, but I hope they covered because we are now about to have, let's say, um, a bonfire of Jellystone National Park. Well, a lot of it this morning does have to do with rates, and I just want to emphasize here. So we've got a 20% chance now that the Fed raises in December. It's not zero. No. And by the way, Chair Powell did say that there could be room for additional policy firming if we continue to see inflationary pressures. But the market is treating it that way. And just some of the commentary this morning. Sarah, do you like that the market, even though he said the discussions are more for tightening, do you like the market's kind of sotto voce judgment that may that has been wrong the whole time since we had the remember the inverted yield curve remember that i think the market makes sense because of what he said about the dot plot so the dots this is their forecast that they last put out in september indicated one more rate hike that we were going to get before the end of the year but did you hear what he said about that yesterday he said those dot plots can can decay in other words they can be stale and we can change and playing that down I think psychologically for the market was like, okay, maybe we don't have to build in that recut. Favorable moment. Yes. Because something that is regarded as orthodoxy, he threw out. Right. He just said, listen, those who think it is. They should just throw out the entire dots. They're confusing and they're old anyway. And they only should them I agree. And that's why I want you at that press conference so you could just really pants the Federal Reserve Chairman. Throw out the dots. Sorry for the verb. But I do think that that was the key moment, because what it said was those who think that we have to live by what we said don't look at how we're winning. But how about the fact he won six months of good data and two months of good data to not a cut make? Uh, I know we'll be playing some gunlock uh, t- sots. That's a term of art for TV. But, you know, the idea that it could be good or it could be bad. I don't know. I 
that's not where I play it. I think you just have to watch wage growth, which Powell said he feels good about. We do right. have that gunlock uh, sound, sought, uh, because he expects this Treasury rally to keep going. Listen. It's almost like we're the equity holder back before the global financial crisis in a CDO squared type of financing scheme that ended up causing parts of the global financial crisis. We need interest rates to come down or we need the deficit to come down, and neither of those are happening with the Fed higher for longer and with these wars that we are intent on funding. Uh, to, uh, I, I hear the words blank check. This is, we're on a collision course with this DEFCON going to DEFCON 2, and I believe that we've started a bond rally here. I think we've had such a, a brutal increase. I think the Fed is sounding the right tone. I do think rates are going to fall as we move into a recession in the first part of next year. A little well, alarmist there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, on. people come on, the billionaires come on, and they tend to be alarmist. I think that they uniquely keep people who are not uh, making that much money in the market out. They keep them in their 5% CDD chain, CD chains, and it's a shame because there are people who might have wanted to own Amazon because they think it's a good company, and they won't own it because of billionaires who come on our shows, and they do quite, quite often, and basically tell you that, sorry, the door is closed. I dislike that, and I think it's a suboptimal way to think. We can help create opportunity, not by telling people that you should buy Amazon, but sh and I'm using that as a paradigm, mm -hmm. but to show that there are opportunities that abound for those who are open-minded and also, I think, people of conviction. And I think the most important thing yesterday was that we might have bond equilibrium, which allows us to then focus on earnings. And I think you're right. I want to talk about a company that you know quite well, Mondelez. Wow, I think it was that, was a, that was a good quarter. No, it was a great quarter. It was a great quarter. And I think it was a great quarter. And it also put to rest something we're going to be talking about later, which is the GLP phenomena. Yes, we're going to talk about all that. And we're going to talk about volume growth. Did I jump the snacks. gun on you that? You jumped the gun because we do have some breaking news from Ford releasing its October sales numbers. And we want to get to Phil Lebeau with the latest there. Phil. Hey, Sarah, Ford's October sales uh, dropping 5.3%. And when you look at the breakdown of vehicles within that 5.3%, October truck sales down 10.5%. But F-150 Lightning, and remember, they're ramping up production of the Lightning, the all-electric F-150, up 52.4%. The Mach-E in October sales down 10.6%. And one last note, we've talked about the pivot that Ford's making towards hybrids in October. Ford had its best month ever when it comes to hybrid sales. I was told by somebody that the F-150 hybrid, two to one sales over the F-150 Lightning. That shows you that there is that demand that's in the market, guys, when it comes to hybrid vehicles, which, by the way, are outpacing electric vehicle sales for the industry this year. And also, Jim, you'll find this interesting, October, second straight month, where internal combustion engine vehicle sales dropped under 80%. Here in the U.S. So we're clearly continuing to see the meltdown, if you will, not a meltdown, a slow melt of internal combustion engine vehicle sales. But were you ever right when you said that Jim Farley was really going to emphasize, uh, you know, he's going to emphasize something in between, basically. And I think that's terrific. Uh, you know, the hybrid is a great seller. Phil, let me posit something to you. You know, there was a lot of people. There was a twin blow against Ford. There was the, obviously the union. People didn't like the quarter. But then there right. was also this uh, Tesla, uh, this Cybertruck. I, I, $100,000 for a Cybertruck. I have a Maverick, okay? Apparently, this does not have the payload 
of a Maverick, which fits in a small parking spot on any urban street in this country. Um, I checked, and the durability of the metal is not there. I wonder whether this man can sell even 50,000 of the 200,000 Cybertrucks, and this may be Ford's era after all of the Sturm and Drang about Sean Fain and how he took it to Farley. I will say with this regard to the Cybertruck, and we should see the first ones delivered at the end of this month. At least that's the plan from Tesla at this point. It's going to be a slow ramp up in production. They're not even going to get up to where they would consider full production until well into 2025. Uh, and I also think you should keep, in this, keep this in mind, given the price point, given the design, given the capability of the vehicle and what it's designed for. It's going for the urban market, particularly those urban markets that are into electric vehicles. Southern California, Oregon, Washington, the coasts. You're not going to see the Cybertruck in big numbers in Kansas City, St. Louis. I mean, it's just not going to sell there. Will there be some? Yes, eventually there will be some. But I do not look at this as one, Sarah, that is a vehicle that people are going to say, well, I'm not driving the Chevy Silverado or F-150 anymore. I'm driving the Cybertruck. I just, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, as a threat there. And in the meantime, it faces enormous challenges, according to Elon Musk, in getting off the production line. Yeah. Phil, thank you. Phil LeBeau, I also you think bet. the upgrade to investment-grade credit on Ford is a big deal. Yes, that it was. This week. It, very unheralded, unhur- in part because there was a sense of actually disarray in Ford. I disagree that Travel Trust owns it. Look, I can't be happy with, it, with the stock that goes down big. I am happy that we got through the labor negotiations. Yeah. And the fact that what, you know, what Phil said about the, the really the profitable line, F-150, is fabulous. All right. Well, they're going to have to pay as much as 25% more in earnings over yeah, the four years for get a UAW cyber truck after that. workers. I think they're kind of cool. Cyber truck. Future, they're cool. Uh, $100,000. Great. It's cool. I'll get a cut. I'll buy 25 Brioni suits for that. Still ahead on the show, a ton of earnings movers ahead. We are going to go through those Mondelez numbers. Jim called it a great report. I called it good. Qualcomm, Roku, others, they're all rallying today. On the Look at some of these numbers. Look at Palantir up 17%. Futures overall are in rally mode. It comes on the back of earnings on the Fed and on those lower treasury yields. Dow futures up 216. More squawk on the street straight ahead. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. Let's turn to Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk with the weight loss drug makers, both topping earnings estimates, both stocks rallying. Ahead of the open, Lilly is up another almost 2%, Jim. No surprise that the blockbuster obesity and diabetes drugs are driving the charge here on volumes, even though both companies are dealing with capacity constraints. They just can't make enough of them. No, the allocation. Supply is tough to catch up. Uh, Nova Nordisk uh, 
has more right now uh, than Mojarno, particularly in major cities. Uh, but that's going to change as uh, David Ricks opens more North Carolina capacity. Uh, 1.4 billion, looking for 1.28 billion. This is without the approval of weight loss versus Wagovi Ozempic. Wagovi being weight loss. These were rather remarkable numbers. I would point out that uh, there there is controversy about how how much it's going to impact. Just how wide volume of eating, but the fact that he's now using this number of 48 pounds is rather extraordinary. 18% is typical, and it happens within a five week period, which is something that people are um, still marveling over. But the 67% of the people are averse to giving themselves a shot, so they would like a pill. I think that number uh, goes down as people see the success, but that's a high number. Lily also benefited from pricing on it. I mean, fewer people. Okay, this is going to be the best-selling drug of all time. You're going to see some new, a new readout on blood pressure. You'll see a readout. Uh, uh, Constellation's ringing the bell. The hard liquor numbers are not so good. People drop it. The tests are going to be for two drinkers a night, heavy drinkers. Lots of that, by the way, during COVID. Uh, you'll also see they're doing it for sleep apnea. Uh, it's a wonder drug. And a wonder drug sells like this before it's even been approved. So the question is, is it just by Eli Lilly or by Novo Nordisk, or do you buy McKesson, which also came out, well, and is, it's a drug distributor, McKess- also talks up, raised, raised guidance last quarter on the on the results of these blockbuster drugs. Well, McKesson always seems to get in the mix, and uh, I take Amavig, which is the migraine drug that is a competitor to what Lilly has, and you deal with McKesson. You don't deal with Amgen. That's just the way it is. But it's trading at a lot lower valuation than a little. It is. Well, then again, you know, these middle market players do not share the uh, the high multiple. Eli Lilly is the largest now. It's the number one drug company. And don't forget, uh, we do have Denoname, which again, he can, uh, Dave Rich confirms, slows disease, close uh, dementia by 35%. You catch early by 60%. Those are not new numbers, but he reiterated that today. That could be first quarter approval. Uh, Munjaro, uh, if you can get Munjaro and you want it, take it because you can't find it. Right. Well, that was part of the thing, and that's that's hurting. What would happen if they get fulfilling well, orders? Well, I mean, you know, I always find that uh, that a high quality problem, way too much demand. Right. They'll catch up. You think they're building it out? Not supply. within not within two years. Right. I don't think you can plant, uh, put up enough plant to be able to meet demand. Well, $1.4 billion of the drug in the quarter and growing yeah. very it's fast. It's going to be high blood pressure and obesity. It's going to force the hands of the uh, health insurers to pay for it. We're going to talk about some of the impact on the snack makers, Mondelez, or lack of impact, I should say. No, we got to go there. Mondelez is a company it. that I was going to hit you with a, with a yard-long Toblerone, but I like you. <laughs> well, Dirk's going to come up on Monday. He's going to join us. Oh, got a busy schedule. I thought I had him tonight. When we come back, Kramer's mad dash as we catch you down to the opening bell with futures in rally mode. Dow futures up almost 200. S&P futures up to about 34. Ten-year note yield in the 4.6 range. More Squawk on the Street when we come right back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. 
You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Time now for Kramer's Mad Dash as we catch you down to the opening bell. Jen, you know, what are you watching? You and I like to do read-throughs all the time. And Qualcomm reported last night, one of the reasons why Apple stock is rallying is its partner. And kind of, I put little quote marks around that because there's not, not a lot of love lost there. Uh, it's, Christian Armand last night basically said, Hansis will be down mid to high single digit percentage relative to calendar 22, but that's an improvement from prior uh, expectations. He's basically calling for early stabilization of demand in handsets, given the fact that he is Apple's partner. People are then saying, well, this is the beginning of what could be the end of the downturn in Apple. Now, some may say, wait a second, he's really talking about uh, other phones, Chinese phones. But I would say that, and I'm not an Apple bull ahead of this quarter. I have my same strategy for Apple and NVIDIA's. I've been shared for years, which is own it, don't trade it. However, there are always people who want to say bad things about Apple, usually from their Apple, uh, and tend to be completely wrong, but get the microphone. Maybe something we should be a little more chary of, which is people who have been endlessly wrong on Apple having the right to opine on Apple. I'm pro, very pro-free speech for those who like the First Amendment. I totally signed the one on it. But should there be free speech for people who are constantly wrong? I guess so. I have to go to Madison and Jefferson. I'd like to we speak to Madison to and Jefferson. Those guys are good. And I'm not just talking about uh, the people who play for the uh, so decent for the Minnesota read Vikings. To Apple if the, if the, if people the want to read through to Apple. But why don't we just wait for Apple rather than do the read through? Am I too cautious? Whatever. Apple is rallying pre-market ahead of earnings, although, as you know, down more than 10% since the last quarter. Well, Qualcomm how about how much it's gainer. up this year? Or do we just forget that, too? It is still up this year. Big. Opening bell just a few minutes away. We're back on Squawk in the Street. The shift is, is noticeable uh, largely because those channels offer larger packs, both online and in the, in the um, uh, club channels, and that's what consumers are looking for. Um, we... Um, we um, see our volume share uh, going up uh, uh, overall d- due to the share that we are uh, gaining, although those channels are not always uh, measured, but we know that our shares are going up there. So we feel uh, pretty good about um, what's going on there. Uh, the, the margin for us is, is about the, the same, so we don't see a significant margin effect. That was Mondelez CEO Dirk Vandeput on the earnings call last night talking about the consumer. This is the company, Jim, that you know makes all sorts of snacks like Oreos and Nabisco and Toblerone. And boy, was it a good quarter. Almost 16% organic sales growth. Really strong growth in places like Latin America where they thought saw 35% growth. And they also saw volume gains. So it wasn't just driven by higher prices. On the call, the company talked about... The fact that that, they expect that to continue, especially in places like India. Right. And I think that what we heard was that snacking is uh, had been hit very hard by the Eli Lilly uh, and, uh, of course, by Wagovi from Novo Nordisk. But he point back says that's just not no impact and then made very light of it wouldn't be significant even over a 10-year period. I think we put a, a, a stake in the heart of the GLPs as the end of snacking. 
I don't know whether I want to read through to other snack companies or whether I want to read through to what J.M. Smucker did when it bought Hostess. I will say this. This man knows how to run a darn company. Uh, and other than biscuit softness, I saw nothing that I didn't like. And by the way, people forget in Europe, when you go to, say, to an Italy, to one of the great uh, uh, stops on A1, which was amazing, one of the Mussolini's, one of the few things he did other than get the trains on time, uh, it's, they own it. They own it. Oh, look at that. To the left is a stack of Oreos. Is this your photo? That's in, in Italy. That's on one of the first stops after Milan when you're going south. We just, had that, we, just, we just had that photo? Yeah, I like to take in. pictures of those things. I mean, it's true that the global growth, this is a company that gets 80% of its sales overseas. Right, that's why I wanted to emphasize you. Good to GLP Devil. And now, uh, constellation is important because this is a much, uh, let's say, um, anticipated analyst day. First one they've had. Uh, it's a lot of it is Elliott Partners is now, I'd say, a subtle push. Will they do something significant? Maybe sell uh, wine and spirits. Spirits doing particularly bad all across the board. And just emphasize cash. Will they talk about how well their non-alcohol beers are doing? Or will it just be business as usual, which I find to be not. And cannabis, too, right, as a strategy. Well, they had, that was a previous administration that, that I will just say point blank blew it. Uh, but the emphasis here is Modelo and Corona. And if they would possibly put some money behind, more money behind Pacifico, and, of course, nothing for Victoria, which is a premium beer, uh, there's a lot to be done. The stock is coming back. Uh, it was uh, hit very hard by the GLP. They won't drink beer, which, by the way, there's no evidence other than hard liquor that it's been hurt. Hard liquor can be gotten rid of very easily for them. Although some might say we're just in the early phases of these GLP-1 drugs. They're going to get course, more think, attention, more insurance coverage as the health outcomes no are disagreement. amazing. And no we, disagreement. we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I agree. This has been the quarter of pushback from Coca-Cola to Pepsi to yeah. Mondelez and they to never McDonald's. Saw it. it was really that one comment out of Walmart that right. really, and then of course that was kind of walked back. Smaller basket What we do know is in these analysts, these, both the CEOs and the analysts get it wrong. It's about volume consumption. I mean, for instance, Durfram put very good models. talks about, well, we happen to have healthier things to eat. That is actually the exact opposite. It's about having uh, buying a, box, a thing of Twinkies and being full after two bites. And if these people don't start understanding that, they're going to miss what happens with GLP. It's not about eating healthier. It's about eating less. Lighter, and lighter. the only people really going to do well, I think, are, are, well, Tyson would do well if they weren't one of the worst companies ever run. But you need protein. And people who are on this don't want to eat dinner. And that is really the biggest problem. Secondarily is they need to work out more, and people don't seem to realize that either. Anecdotally, people crave salt and not sugar, apparently, on these drugs. Uh, there were, um, Philadelphia soft pretzels are, yeah. yeah. S&P's opening up 1% here. It's a strong open. We've got every sector in the green right now. NASDAQ's going to open up more than 1%. So We're should now we talk about some losers? We're going to just to kind of diver, diversify. Which Moderna. We want to do, okay. Stefan Brancel. I mean, write down this the is, vaccines. Uh, once again, anything that did well during the COVID period, uh, the hangover from COVID is really rather extraordinary. Here. The only one that, you know, you people were stuck home and they watched a lot of TV. And sure enough, Roku with a new uh, head of Roku Media is doing quite well. It's a good quarter. 
I thought you were going to mention Solar Edge technology. No, no, because that no, that's those are invitations to your funeral. Sure. I mean, that one is going to be down 9%, even though this company pre-announced and we knew it was going to be a weak quarter. Europe, European demand has fallen off a cliff, seemingly. Some of the right. notes this morning, Guggenheim, we give up. BMO, no moss, truest, right. another no shoe drops. I thought no moss in was interesting. You know, I, I thought no moss was more of the Powell. Oh, well, you know, I, think, for Powell. I think one of the problems is, is the fickle nature of European com- uh, countries with... My wife runs a has a vineyard in Olive Grove in Italy, and which I'm very grateful for. And they were going to subsidize solar, and then the kind of solar subsidy kind of disappears. So you're not in out, and you would not normally buy a solar roof if you could get a, a nice uh, percentage from the Italian government. Also, by the way, an excellent article in Atlantic. You never know where good ideas are going to come, saying that there is the twilight of the solar rooftop, and that's very important. If I want to play solar, I would only do it through Eden. How about the twilight of wind turbines after what's happened off the sun, the twilight, off of though, New Jersey? The twilight, though, we have IRA. The Inflation Reduction Act is just getting going. They're going to be big beneficiaries, aren't they? No, they're in the twilight zone. First Solar was excited yesterday. We had the CEO. Well, First Solar's the actual company. It's not relying on... on but they want to reshore all those solar panels. Well, here I just to think that when you have uh, go- you never, Governor Murphy being shocked and blindsided by the biggest offshore wind project, boom, yeah. gone, it does call into question how much there is support for these. I think that there is the flowback issue is apparently at stake, where you have your, your own power plant and will utilities take your energy? That's a new thing that's on the, that is now up in the air. It's a very, a very dicey time for solar and for wind. Uh, I was hoping that the Vernova spinoff of GE was going to be something people would like, but now we have to double down and check on wind wind turbines. Did not know that. Starbucks, Jim, opening up more than 10% higher, now goes positive for the year yeah, well, on a beat. It's a big position for my charitable trust. David usually uh, embarrasses me on my bad ones, and I don't mind that at all because that's how I play it. But Luxman Narasimhan has come in and basically said, look, there's a turn in the U.S. Uh, China is going to be bigger than ever. And I think when I speak with him later today, I think he's going to say that we need twice as many Starbucks as we have right now, which is quite bullish. In China uh, and the uh, U.S., Yes, right? of China. He's still opening, opening a huge both. number. Of China, board, uh, for China, a lot of people felt that China was going to be a pressure point for them. 100% wrong. And to get to the 8% number in the U.S. after 7% last time was not a leap. He always had it in the bag. It was very close. I think this man is an excellent CEO who understands consumer packaged goods and understands throughput, not unlike what Chipotle did when they decided, you know what, we can get through a make line. He, he is both... Someone who understands cold, mm-hmm. which turned out to be, of course, much more important than the previous CEO realized, and understands love of coffee. They did talk about uncertainty in the macro environment, uh, the quote in the release, but well, said we doesn't? remain confident in the momentum throughout our business and headroom globally. We expect sustained momentum throughout the company for years to come. Well, you know what? I think if you don't say that you see volatility, you're viewed as being some sort of a chowderhead. Uh, I, that would be, other than other than Amazon, I keep coming back to that because that was so far best in show. Yeah, HSBC initiated with a buy today, Amazon. Wasn't that good? That's Just a good piece. On, on, you like that piece? Yeah. Bullish note. Right. Starbucks comes oh, look at 8%. These, these, look at this. What? The, on this Seaport piece. Horton up $5. Well, please. I mean, are we back loving the home builders again, Sarah? I ask you. Well, if rates come down, then we love the home builders, There's right? There's a good point. 
It's all it's all been about the rates. Eight percent mortgage rates, credit card Try rates to get about twenty percent. You have to put down a lot of you know, there's a teaser three that I saw, but you have to put down about hundred and forty percent of the price. We did hear from Brian Cornell today, CEO of Target, on the consumer. First time we've heard from him in a while talking about some of the issues they had with the backlash against the Pride Day. Here's what he says about the consumer right now. Again, we look at overall retail spending. Just look at the top line. You say, all right, a really healthy consumer, and they are spending. But even in food and beverage categories, over the last few quarters, the units, the number of items they're buying, has been declining. So they're even tightening up their spending in those categories. But in discretionary goods, we've seen seven consecutive quarters of both dollars and units declining. So you're buying less apparel, less items for your home, fewer toys. You're seeing some of the pressure in those categories. By the way, you can still join CNBC's Evolve Global Summit virtually today, where we gather leaders and innovators from around the world. That includes Targets, Brian, for I, now. Right, I think the QR FedEx, code there. I, know, I know that Raj Superman, he may not talk about numbers, but I think FedEx is probably $25 undervalued right now. I will say this. I wish that Brian had talked about Elf Beauty, which I have on tonight. Uh, that's going to be a billion-dollar brand at Target. and uh, Up 9% uh, right now. Tarang Amin is going to talk about how well Target's doing. Also, by the way, Ulta. But I, I, Brian is also struck. He's been really hit by the tremendous theft. He's using, what, yes. a $200 billion theft number. I mean, look, theft is something that is accepted by our country now and accepted by prosecutors. Well, they've had to lock everything up if you go to Target. Well, that's why, again, I focus you. on same day. Uh, same day as the killer app for uh, Amazon. You know, CVS, I thought, had a decent quarter, but it just doesn't matter. Healthcare can't make up for the fact that the stores make you feel like you're in uh, Lewisburg. <laughs> Down 26%. Not, not Bucknell there when I speak. Not, not, getting the, not getting a boost from, no. the, from what's happening. But you think of Etsy? Did you get a look at that one? Etsy uh, gave the bears another reason, I think. To, to sell the stock when yeah. it comes to, they talked about volatility. They talked about not right. growing. Increasingly competitive GMS. retail environment. The reason I bring it up is because, you know, we're going to have Harley Finkelstein on from Shopify yeah, this hour. with a completely different take. But then again, they are a facilitator. They're kind of like the McKesson, well, as you Etsy mentioned. Etsy was a COVID winner, right? I mean, it, it falls into that group, Yeah, that's it? true. I, I just, I, I'm partial to them. But because they're Brooklyn's own. So would you buy it down 50% year I can. to date? I can't buy a, a company where the CEO is not as encouraging as I'd like. Uh, but that's, look, he knows his business cold. You mentioned Elf Beauty, and it's worth, men- I mean, this they crushed earnings estimates. They raised their outlook. And it comes in contrast to what we got from Estee Lauder this week. I think week. they're crushing Estee yeah. Lauder. I think that they're taking share left and right. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, yesterday, I spent a lot of time wearing the hair suit for Estee Lauder. I believed in uh, Fabrizio Freda. That conference call was one of the worst uh, uh, I have seen this year. Is it just it, Asia travel? It was, a, it was and actually. China a, it was. It was. I, I don't even. I, I don't even know how to describe it. But uh, Tarag just did an amazing job. You know, there was an activist there. Uh, who I think the guy was a tool-and-die specialist because he didn't know anything about cosmetics, unlike this man who's taking share and offers a very good price point. Now, I don't know if you use Elf. Elf, yeah, I do. No, it's great value. Yeah, I snuck some in my wife in her Mac section, and she didn't know the difference. She looked just as beautiful as she did the day And paid a lot less. Yeah, I'd say so. And and that quote we highlighted there, he talks about 
that they use China as a manufacturing center, not as a retail center, yeah, that, which really does yeah. point. I didn't the want to say, share that with my wife because I think that she would say the same thing that she says about dog food, Chinese dog food. Not to conflate my wife's face with Chinese. Why? Where's dog Mac food. makeup made? No, but I'm just saying that we tend to like a little American flag on things. Yeah. Well. No, I, no. They, yeah, they've got higher. They've, look, they offer a better product in terms of the quality at, at Estee Lauder, but you also have, you also need a strategy. I want to hit Ferrari also, okay. Jim, because, you know, there have been some questions lately about the luxury consumer and some of these luxury stocks. Yeah, but Ferrari's not having luxury. a problem no. with demand. The stock is up more than 4%. The company also beat on earnings, um, very strong guidance, and talked about the fact that demand is off the charts. Yeah, basically. Lamborghini will say the same thing, uh, doing quite well. $500,000 car, but it does go 180 miles in the street an hour in, in Modena if you wanted to test drive. You're allowed to do that in Modena. I've, I've been there. It's you pretty have. amazing. What do you think about that test drive? I, it was fun. Yeah. You know, I've been in a lot of fast cars lately. I'm doing this documentary I'd Formula your documentary. One. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and Inside, it's called Inside Track. Premieres November 16th, which is the week of the well, Vegas Grand Prix. Well, you know what? You'll come on Eastern. Mad Money. I would be we'll honored to. And we'll talk aggressively and extensively about that because I think that fast cars are great. Lamborghini's founded by a what an agriculture of uh, no a man who understood, you know, who who worked in agriculture and went to Ferrari and said, "Look, I think you can make better cars," and they dismissed him. Well, I'll take a Lamborghini over Ferrari any day. The order book remains at highest levels, reflecting strong demand across all geographies. The Uber rich stay Uber rich, I guess, huh? And yet they come on air and complain all the time. But also, the billionaire Ferrari doesn't, doesn't produce as Are, much. Do you ever tire of the billionaires? I'm sorry to emphasize that, but I find them to be. I would have said I would have said repulsive another well, time, but like I'm much more a much more Gandhi-like. I think that they would prefer to keep the people who watch our show in chains because of their caution, risk, yeah. risk aversion right now. You know, Engels, Engels thought that the peasants were uh, like a sack of potatoes, and I think the billionaires feel similarly to Engels. I just and that's to point not Marty out, Engels; that's the original Engels. Jim, this rally in Treasuries—we've got the two-year now below five percent. We've got the ten-year below four Seven percent. So it, it is picking up steam. The steam. The dollar is weaker. You don't always see a Fed reaction with follow through. No. Sometimes you see a reversal once people realize, ah, oh, maybe we reacted. But you're getting it today. No, I do want to talk about a, a tip of the hat to one particular billionaire, Bill Ackman, did get that right in terms of covering. And now you've got a supply issue, and there's a lot of people who uh, are on the wrong side of what's going on. But you know what? They have every right to be as incredibly wrong and keep everyone in their chains. Ackman said he was worried about the world, which it has been interesting to see right. Treasuries well, not catch a bit. The world doesn't seem like a super duper place. War. Although no, Airbnb did have pretty good international, but there were other Outlook, issues. They talked about volatility. I didn't like the outlook in New York has really, they're not many, many cities. A lot fewer listings here. New York cracked down. How about the price price of hotel rooms up up? substantially since Airbnb was banned for anything other than less than a month. Well, because they take away supply and look what happens. Marriott like numbers supply were Supply and demand. I supply and demand all comes back to the basic yen? economics. And the yen? The yen just gets weaker and weaker. What do you think We have that? to go to Japan and yet Toyota to go shopping. had 9% wage increases. Well, wouldn't well, they you have rather to, be you know, them? They have to now get South compete Korea's for auto workers that are getting paid more. We've, okay. got, we've got more ahead. We're going to talk with Shopify's president on the company's latest results there. That stock is a big winner here yeah, at the Open, up 16%. See what they say about the consumer. Before we end to break, give you a quick bond report because there's a lot of action here. Treasuries are rallying hard. We're seeing levels on yields that we have not seen here in a few Squeeze. weeks on the back of Powell. 
weaker data yesterday as well. We did get higher jobless claims too. We'll be right back. Apple shares higher at the open here, up 1.4%. The company reports earnings. This is the mother of them all after the bell today. It is set to report its fourth quarter in a row of declining sales. We'll see what appetite looks like for the iPhone 15. See what they say about the all-important holiday quarter when they give guidance as well. We'll talk more about Apple, some of the other earnings movers, including Shopify, when we come right back. Ah, the joy of it. Shopify shares surging, reporting a gigantic profit beat on third quarter results. And what a treat we have. We have Shopify president Harley Finkelstein. He joins us for first on CNBC now. Harley, it is always a joy to see you. But on this particular number, it is fantastic to see you. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Look, last quarter I came on your show and we talked about this new shape of Shopify that we were building and, and also the roadmap of the future. When you fast forward till today, what I can tell you is it's working as expected. We are faster. We are leaner. We are way more focused on our mission and becoming the global leader in, in commerce. We laid out a plan to balance our operational ambition and financial discipline. And the results speak for themselves. Q3 GMV was up 22% to $56 billion. Revenue was up 25% to $1.7 billion. And our cash flow was north of $270 million dollars. And more importantly, or most importantly, I think, is we're seeing more and more of the biggest brands in the world come to Shopify. Companies like Ted Baker and Tom Shoes and Billabong, Quicksilver, LVMH's Pucci and GoPuff. Um, we are really firing all cylinders right now. Well, Harley, I think that you've got a couple of great, uh, your ethos is terrific. And what I'm so, your social shopping isn't niche, it's mainstream. Uh, and then you are really about being able to shop anywhere, which is what customers want. Tell us about physical stores being discovery for what you do and the idea that social is now mainstream, not niche. Yeah, look, uh, we, we, first of all, we believe that future retails retail everywhere. In fact, our product roadmap is really built around this idea to future-proof companies so they can operate for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And on physical retail in particular, it's really working. We actually saw an outsized growth in offline GMV this past quarter, 26% up year-on-year in Q3. And with brands like Banana Republic Home, Princess Polly, Sacramento Kings coming to us, not just for e-commerce, but also for, for point of sale. When you look at other channels, for example, our social channels, we also think that the future retail will be dictated by where the consumer wants to buy. And when you sign up for Shopify, you can sell across every single channel in every single market. Well, I'm so glad that you're the first person, other than I should say, uh, Shantanu Narayan at Adobe, which talks about AI empowering entrepreneurship, smaller people, because you share with that. Uh, You actually harness the power of AI for people who don't have everything, unlike the other big guys who we think have everything. Tell us about democracy. Yeah, look, as, as you mentioned, we think we are uniquely positioned here because the, the AI tools we are building are specifically built for commerce and specifically built for, for entrepreneurs. Unlike other generative AI pro, uh, you know, products, our AI is not just one particular feature or one particular product. It's integrated across all of Shopify's workflows and products. And what that means for entrepreneurs specifically in small businesses is they can run faster with, higher, with a higher cadence. It means more democratization of the tools that, frankly, traditionally only the large companies were able to achieve. And now, simply being on Shopify, you get access to Shopify magic, and that really puts the power of AI into the hands of every single small business and entrepreneur. Harley, it's Sarah. Does does it reflect a a consumer that's in better shape than we think? Or is this just moves that that you're making? What's the the read-through here from these these results and your outlook on broader consumer behavior and spending? Yeah, Sarah, thank you for the question. Look, I think the consumer 
is very resilient. We're, we're, we're on the precipice now of the busiest shopping season of the year, and we're already seeing the power of the consumer. We did a Gallup survey in partnership with Gallup a couple weeks ago. We found that American consumers not only are starting to buy their holiday shopping earlier and earlier each year, but also nearly three and four U.S. holiday shoppers plan to spend about the same or more on holiday gifts this year compared to last year. And the largest spenders this year is actually going to be Gen Z. The 18 to 29-year-olds are going to spend, uh, are going to be the largest uh, in, in terms of spend. But the other part to think about is that shoppers are still staying true to, to small business. Shopping small is really actually quite big business. And most of consumers' favorite brands, whether the smaller ones or the larger ones, are powered by Shopify. And we think our merchants will continue to see, um, you know, will continue to be very resilient. We think our merchants are going to see an outsized um, uh, opportunity this holiday season. But when I first met you, I thought that maybe Amazon would be the enemy, but maybe you're a bit frenemies. How is that uh, the Buy With Prime app doing? Yeah. Look, what matters to merchants most, Jim, is choice. And we want to give merchants the ability to sell across every surface on the Internet or in person possible. And so we recently announced Amazon's Buy With Prime uh, app will be in the Shopify's app store in a few weeks. And what that's going to do is it's going to give merchants the option to add Buy With Prime on Shopify's checkout. And it's all processed by Shopify payments. And so giving our merchants more choice to grow and scale without ever having to leave the Shopify admin, we think is critical to our mission of making commerce better for everyone. So, you know, whether it's... Uh, a company like Amazon or it's any of the other payment providers we work with or fulfillment providers we work with, giving these merchants choice means that Shopify will become their the most important piece of uh, software in their business and will be the heart of their business. Harley, thank you so much for coming on and giving us a story I think that is about why there is such resilience, small, medium-sized business and customers. Good to see you as always. Good to see you, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you. Snowsuits are trending inside there. It's nice, to, it's nice to hear about the real world and positives and not be able to just people say, listen, small. you're small not business. going anywhere, people, you're stuck in your chains. It's not. No. Offer hope to people because it's worthy. More, more than negativity worthy. from billionaires. Yeah. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Okay, you said so Starbucks. You got a big interview. Beauty, we have DraftKings. I think they're going to do a great job. They've taken more share. They're finally number one off of FanDuel. And then uh, I, I have to tell you, Sarah, that there's a new sheriff at Starbucks, and I think you're going to like Watchman, I, I knew him from Wreck-It Bank. Of course, and you know how strong he is. Didn't you think oh, that yeah. it's better to, I mean, look, I, I like Cage, I like Kevin Johnson, but I really want a consumer product person in there and one who's strong enough to be able to say, we're going cold. Coming out strong here in, in this earnings report. The stock is one of the biggest winners on the S&P right now. Jim, thank you. Great joy thank to work with you as always. Yes, Great it's joy. always fun. Um, we're going to be right back in two. Just taking a look at stocks here. We've got a nice broad-based rally. Half hour here into trading, up more than 1% on the S&P 500. The Nasdaq up one and a quarter percent, adding to gains for the week. We're now 4.6% overall on the week. Biggest gainers there, Apple, Tesla, Starbucks, and NVIDIA. Back in two minutes. <laughs> You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, 
AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 